Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert Don Pizzette, DevOps engineer Justin Dennison, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado. I'm your host, Peter Van Reinsdam, and we've got a great crew today. We've got the normal uh, folks here in the office. We've got Don, social distancing over there. Hi, Don. I'm over here in my little corner all by myself. Uh, Justin's over here. Justin, how's it going? It's going well. Got the, the fan cranked up. Hopefully there's no sweat in this episode, but, you know, only time will tell. I need a fan today. Yeah, and Daniel, how are you? Also hoping that Justin does not have any sweat in this episode. Yep. But that's the nice thing about social distancing now. Yes. Justin is further away. He's stewing in his own juice yep. somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Rather than immediately next to him. I am <laughs> steeped in my own stank. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank goodness for this hoax. Uh, we're also joined today by uh, a, a special guest, Megan Brewster. Megan, how you doing? Hi, good. How are you? I'm great. And, and uh, for those that don't know Megan, which is probably most of you, uh, she's actually uh, an employee here and the person responsible for getting all the great guests on Technado. But why are you here then, Megan? Well, so I am here to talk about getting the guests and the process behind it. And um, no, I meant because you didn't get a guest this week. That's why. You're yeah, here. well, no, no, there was one. Nice, nice attempt to cover up there. He, he had an emergency. See, there you go. When yeah. we have an emergency, now our go-to plan is behind the scenes of Technado with Don Pizzette. So who knows, next week it could be, well, there's only like, Three people. Was involved. his emergency not being on the Technado? <laughs> yeah, that was it. My emergency was like, is I, I watched really... an episode. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the emergency was it was Memorial Day yesterday. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that could be it too. He's got a hangover in the runs. If you need till four (laughs) o'clock, that's a good hangover. If a hangover is all it took to miss the technado, like never. Yeah, why why am I here? I didn't know. It's got to be stacked with the runs, though. Is the key key deciding point. If you're hungover, you come on. (laughs) But you hungover, you got to run. So I can't handle the headache. Draw that line somewhere. That's why I always go to Taco Bell after drinking, just to to make sure. All right. Well, let's get to know Megan a little bit more and what she does in our first segment, Rapid Fire questions who do you work for what's new who are you what's happening what's wrong with you nailed it (laughs) nailed it that was fantastic all right megan you have one minute or 45 seconds to a minute to answer each question if you go over that time peter's gonna bust you we're gonna move on and act like nothing happened all right peter take us all right megan what would you say it is you do here and I, and I asked that because I actually made Megan watch the movie Office Space. Um, but if you could tell us uh, specifically, like, uh, how do you how do you find guests for the show? How do you go about that process? Well, so basically, there are a lot of different places that I'll find guests. Um, first, sometimes people will recommend them in the building um, that work at IT Pro TV. Like, if we go to a trade show, um, we're always on the lookout for people who are funny and know what tech topics they're. Uh, talking about and then also I've actually recently been turning to Twitter a lot um, because it seems like a lot of people on Twitter have really good personalities and know how to interact with people um, but it's been a very Twitter. good resource to find guests recently. All right Megan well then if you're reaching out to people on Twitter uh, and, and kind of my ecosphere do you really have to sell them on coming on the podcast or do they just get excited or is it like you got to hold their family hostage or how's that work? 
Um, I've only had to hold one family hostage, so it's been going pretty well. But um, no, really, it doesn't take much selling. Um, initially, people don't always know about Technado. Um, I know we'd like to think that everyone's a weekly viewer for years before coming on, but that's not always the case. Um, but once they watch an episode, they're normally pretty excited about coming on. All right. Now, I will say that, uh, you know, this is your first time kind of being on camera or being on the podcast with us, but you do play a very important role in that you you arrange the guests for us, which we really appreciate. I don't think the podcast would quite be the same without you. That being said, I know you work in marketing, and I've worked with Peter long enough to know that that, that pretty much straight up sucks. And so why are you in marketing? Like, what, what makes you want that for a career? Well, so I really actually like it. I don't think it sucks, um, but I can see why you would think that working with Peter. She's no. like, I like my job. I like my job. <laughs> but no, um, so I actually got started um, IT Pro TV what is in the building of a coffee shop that I used to manage. And so um, I kind of ended up in marketing by accident at first. I worked at the coffee shop and just told everyone, hey, I'm looking for an internship. And then they were like, how about you do this? And then it worked out really well. And it's been great so far. Um, marketing's actually a lot of fun. I get to write puns and find guests for TechNado. So it's pretty good. So Megan, we've had uh, uh, quite a few different interesting individuals on our podcast. And it's always been a good time. So you've done a good job there on uh, hooking us up with great guests. But that does beg the question, what do you look for in a guest? What makes a good guest? Well, so first, what makes a good guest is that um, they're comfortable on camera because not everyone is. And sometimes people can have a ton of technical knowledge, but um, not really be able to jump into the conversation and convey that on a podcast. But then another great thing to look for is if a company is doing something interesting or groundbreaking right now. Like, for example, um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to get them as a guest or not, but recently I heard about someone whose company was trying to get 3D printers to set themselves on fire with some sort of virus. And so something like that. Yeah, we need that guest. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they'll be able to. I don't need a virus to do that. <laughs> yeah. well, the problem with pyromania and virus writing? Yeah. Doing this on Technado. Yeah. Exactly. And that's not always, not always fire has to be involved, but. But well, yeah. In, until we get that guest, uh, who is the most, uh, who's the guest you're most proud of, of getting so far up to this point? Um, we have had a ton of great guests. So really, the real answer is everyone. But um, recently, one of the best guests that we had was um, Jeffrey Snover. He appeared a couple episodes ago. He's the creator of PowerShell. And he's just such uh, an experienced person in tech that it was an honor to have him on here. Yeah, he was great and a lot of fun. I, yeah. uh, I, like, I like Graham Cluley. I think. He was great too. Yeah, history. Of yeah, and both of them were great to work with behind the scenes too, because I know people that are a little more successful. You never know exactly how they are going to act behind the scenes, but both of them were amazing people, both on and off the screen. And the Darknet Diaries guy. Yeah. Uh, Jack Presider. Jack, yeah, and it's been that's been it really. Everybody else. We've had a string of yeah. CEOs and, and people like that. We've had some really Remember we had a while, Don, where everybody we had on, like it felt like two weeks later we saw a press release of that company getting funded. Yep, we're like, getting acquired. It's the Technado effect. So everyone, come on Technado. You no, might it hasn't been happening recently. Oh. Uh, as a matter of <laughs> fact, a lot here's of an article of all this companies getting raided. Yeah, a lot of companies getting investigated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. 
Anyway, hey, uh, we've got a brand new segment that we decided to unveil this week, and uh, Megan's going to stick around and, and give us her insight on it. Uh, so this next segment is called uh, Tinfoil Hat Time. The moon landing was fake. Paul McCartney's been dead since 1966. Dogs can't see color. 5G causes syphilis. Do you understand that? All right, so... Uh, conspiracy theories they're they're a lot of fun and there's a lot of crazy ones that have been going around recently so we figured let's let's just dive in let's uh, embrace it yeah <laughs> going in head first uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and kind of give you the rundown of this one a little bit uh we found this one on reddit and then uh and then we'll try to unpack what we can so basically there's a person took a, a photo and they said why do you have a giant spoiler on your car if the max speed is capable of 70 miles per hour that that's irrelevant but they they blurred out the person's license plate in front of them, which a lot of people do, and I, and I understand that. Um, but the first person commenting says, so I understand blocking out the license plate, but why your odometer? Because they actually also blurred out their odometer on their car, which seems odd. And the guy res- responded, to protect my car from being hacked. And the other person says, okay, I'm curious how your car can get hacked uh, by the mileage. Serious question, not trying to you know be a smartass. The person says, cars have antennas. Okay. Which send out 5G radio signals. Oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah. And everybody we'll around gets syphilis. <laughs> syphilis, is, yeah. Uh, hackers use these signals to verify the odometer in your car and then backlog your IP address to your house to steal your personal info. I thought this was common sense. <laughs> and they also do it by writing a GUI at Visual Basic. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where to start with this. So. Uh, your antenna is receiving signals, if I'm if I'm not correct, well, unless yeah. they're talking about like a cell let's, phone antenna. Let's start a little more basic. Go than back, that, right? There's five okay. of us here of various backgrounds. Had any of you heard this even rumored prior to this? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay, so <laughs> this is like you know, for this guy to say, I thought that was common sense. That that made me think like other people had heard this. Even the five G antenna thing that that's being propagated. I haven't seen this one being propagated, but it yeah, must be. I mean, your your antenna on your car is obviously for the radio. Uh, there are antennas on some cars that that uh, would be for, uh, you know, a cell phone or something like that. But but again, that's not uh, th- those wouldn't be five G because <laughs> those are old. I think m- most cars can do two way now. Uh, I know my car, um, you know, which is not fancy, is a, a Nissan Leaf, and it has a I believe just a three G cell modem in it because it does report back information mm. so that I can do the remote start and all that mess. Uh, Okay, well, this person is driving a Toyota. Uh, does not look to be the newest Toyota, from what I can Doubtful. see here. Uh, so I'm assuming they don't. But then, so so let's let's get past that part and move on to hackers use the signals to verify the odometer on your car, and then backlog your IP address. Now, Daniel, is is backlog your IP address a term? Because <laughs> that doesn't sound like a thing. That, that does not sound right. It's not ringing any bells for you. No, no. Uh, <laughs> backlogging is when you have. Uh, a queue that is supposed to move at a specific rate and is not. So they're continuing to queue up. You have a backlog okay. of things. You don't backlog IP addresses. So, so maybe he's mean like to reverse engineer your IP address? Maybe they're like, you know what? I've got all these IPs of these cars to get through. And man, how am I ever going to like Justin's time? So here, here's the thing. The whole time this person is worried about his odometer and his home IP to get... 
I'm worried about stopping at a stoplight and someone pulling a gun on me. <laughs> like that, that's, yeah. that's what I'm, they're like, tell me what your odometer is. <laughs> um, is it one, four, eight, two, eight, five? I knew it. I got it I from your IP. Yeah. Get out of the car. So your IP, that's what, that's the difference when they say a static IP versus <laughs> dynamic. A dynamic is changing with your odometer. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. That's me. Where static is fixed. That's why I always use a static IP. <laughs> I wish yeah. I had a static odometer. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. No miles, no miles in this car. Uh-uh. And so, so then they're taking your IP address, which I, I, I wonder if they mean the IP address. Oh, he, well, he says the IP to your house. So somehow it's all linked oh, yeah, back together. Oh, yeah, your house IP address, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the IP address for your house. So this yeah. person lives in a bunker <laughs> in their backyard. You know, it's got to be someone's grandma who saw this on Facebook. My dad does this stuff all the time where he's like, did you know that such as, and I'm like, dad, that is not real. I don't know where you're reading it. He's like, I saw it on Facebook. I'm like, I want you to burn your Facebook thing. <laughs> anything's got Facebook on, don't uninstall it. I want you to set it on fire. You need that virus, <laughs> yeah, the, the 3D, 3D printer, printer company. Yeah, there you go. So, that's, yeah, that's why we want them on. Are they are they for hire? <laughs> We're all going to look asinine when it comes to find out Skynet started yeah. because of this. <laughs> and this is how they've been tracking the, the population. Yeah. And they're like, we've been backlogging IPs for years. That's right. Gotcha. <laughs> so Stupid could you human. make your car, like, could you put a Faraday cage over your car and still think you have any visibility? <laughs> Well, yeah, yes, I think you can, right? Uh, visibility. Like, Faraday cage is charged. You can still see through it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like... Like visible light visibility? Is that what you're, or are you talking about like electronic emission? No, could you see to drive? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then you're it wouldn't be great. Yeah. It would be <laughs> obscured. I mean, don't drive any through, through any school zone. But you know what I've heard? <laughs> if you can't see your odometer, then hackers can't either. That's right. If you're driving in a Faraday cage, I don't think you're allowed to be near schools anyway. Probably. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I, I think this one stems from movies, right? Where you know, this person obviously knows just a few terms, like 5G and IP address and so on. And then they just assume because in the movies you can do anything, that in real life you can do anything. And I think they're putting together disparate information here. This is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but or, he thinks it's common sense. Or they're trolls. <laughs> and the entire purpose yeah. was to do exactly this. is well, like spin up a weird conversation. Thank you, yeah. if that's your purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if you have any conspiracy theories, just send them in. Like put them in a comment or, you know, drop them in, a, in an email or just think them because the CIA is listening and will tell us. So I, you know, I hope that this is a hoax, but I don't think it is. And the reason is it's, it's, a, it's a risky play here. Like they blurred out the odometer and posted this without mentioning the odometer at all. Just like hoping somebody yeah, would notice it. Like that... A troll is normally going to be a little more direct. Mm. It's either the best con or the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how, how long it took for this to work. Well, that, that's, that was a lot of fun. I, I hope we do this segment more because... I, I will forewarn I you, sometimes I get a little amped up over conspiracy theories because it just makes me pe like, mad. You get mad. Stupid, yeah. <laughs> oh, then let's definitely do this segment more. Yeah. Because there's nothing more entertaining than, than mad Justin. <laughs> when well, people started giving well, away things. You, when you see me slightly agitated, it's entertaining. When you see me mad, they're like, he is breaking things. He is, he is really We might upset. have to call the police. Okay. <laughs> yeah. As mad as Justin got when, when Microsoft like gave Teams away uh, at the beginning. Oh, that was agitated. Oh, that was just agitated. That was agitated. Okay, I like agitated Justin then. Yeah, yeah mad is, 
is like, we're going to have to tase him. Yeah. <laughs> we're all in separate rooms right now, so now's That's a good true. time to do it. Yeah, and lock, lock the door in that room. <laughs> lock that door. There's pins on the inside of this thing. I'm coming out. <laughs> you ain't locking me in here. You know, he's already thought that out. Like, he didn't, he didn't evaluate that door at a moment's notice. He <laughs> already knew that. Yeah. Justin <laughs> mad. <laughs> I got to have all these cognitive things in place so when I go full Hulk, I don't have to think about it. <laughs> hey, Megan, thank you for uh, for taking the time to to come in today and social distance and uh, and give us a little bit of a look into what's going on. I like I like we have the current ventures for Megan segment. Uh, Megan, any... Uh... You can be at any trade shows? Do you have any new products coming out? Uh, keeping well, your job, you know. I, I am going to be hopefully keeping my job. Um, no, we're not going to any trade shows right away. Um, they're all pretty much moving online. But um, one thing I am going to be working on, as usual, is scheduling guests. So if you guys have anyone that you think would make a great Technado guest, let us know and I'll look into them. Yeah, and get back to uh, writing puns. I don't yeah. know why, but I just thought of her peddling some strange product called Monkey Mace. Monkey <laughs> 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 Random chimpanzees. Why that? I don't know. Where yeah. did that come from? <laughs> Daniel's mind is a strange thing. I'll tell you <laughs> what, if you've ever seen a chimpanzee attack, you'd know that Monkey Mace is a sellable product. <laughs> I am... Uh, awesome. They will bite your fingers off and peel your face. But a chimpanzee is not a monkey. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a higher primate. <laughs> I guess we use, it, we use it interchangeably, so we're going to say monkey mace covers all those as well. I'll look into starting that business then. <laughs> we're going to give Daniel a chance to catch I'm his breath. Joking. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with the news. But stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. And we'll see you in just a second on Technator with Don Pazette. <laughs> This is Josh. Josh spent $2,500 on a week of classroom training for CompTIA A+, and got certified. Josh got a good job that pays $40,000 per year. This is Jeremy. Jeremy only spent $299 on a full year of training from IT Pro TV, including A+, and 300 other courses. Jeremy also got a great job that pays $40,000 per year. Jeremy used the more than $2,200 he saved on IT training for a fabulous tropical vacation. Now Jeremy is still using his IT Pro TV membership to study for Network Plus and Security Plus to advance his career, but not spending any more money. Since all three are in included in his IT Pro TV membership plus 300 more courses. Don't be like Josh. Choose IT Pro TV for your IT training. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Tom Bissett. We've given Daniel a chance to uh, to calm down, but he could break Thank again you, at any moment. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into the news. We've got a lot of great articles to get to. The first one today is from betanews.com. SD cards are about to get insanely fast. And so when we talk about speed with SD cards, that's like the 10 thing? Yeah, okay. the, the mysterious number that nobody really knows yeah, what it means. Like, was there, did there used to be a 9? I don't remember. All I know is Mine that U3. You have to get 10 is what I was always told. I've heard U2. It was all right, but U3 has to be better. <laughs> ah, <geez. laughs> yeah, SD cards, you know, they're slow. Uh, they, they just they are slow. If you transfer data back and forth, if you are a photographer or somebody who uses a video camera that records them, you know the pain. But even transferring files to like the SD card and the Android phone can take a long time. So uh, the industry that regulates SD cards is working on a new standard, uh, SD8, which is uh, I guess nicknamed SD Express, and the Express 
version of SD cards will actually leverage PCIe 4.0, which means it is theoretically possible of doing speeds up to 4 gigabytes a second. That puts it very, very close to the speeds of SSDs. Uh, most SSDs in a computer on a PCIe bus are going to be at like 6 gigabytes per second. So uh, so this is, is pretty darn fast. It's not going to be in computers today. It's not, you know, it'll probably be a year or two before this kind of washes out. Uh, PCIe 4 isn't in most computers yet. Uh, so, but we're going to see it in the next year or two that these SD cards will be labeled with an EX will actually operate fast enough to be reasonable to work from. So you're telling me I can go ahead and start printing class 10 SD cards, putting a little sticker that says EX and go ahead and selling those on Amazon at an inflated <laughs> price? Triple yeah. the price at least. Yeah, start that now. Well, got to get that money. So so a, uh, a lot of the comments on this article are talking about the heat. Uh, one of them saying you'd need a sub-zero freezer that you jump in when you want to use it. Would this generate a, a lot of heat because of the... It can. You know, even a regular USB key gets pretty hot when you write to it. It's the the reads are usually pretty cool, so it depends on what you're doing. Uh, if you're writing to it in your computer, I, I imagine it would generate some heat, but you get that with regular SSDs as well. You know, they all have temperature issues. Yeah, but this is like 10 times faster. Yeah, and it's... But 10 times hotter, right? By, by And if you think, it, it's in a little plastic case. It goes in a slot in the side of your computer or whatever so it can breathe. I, I, I think it'd be fine. I do wonder if Apple will bring back the SD card slot, though. Like, oh. if... If yeah, I viable. miss that. I miss that a lot. It's a nice feature. Now, if they do bring it back, you know it'll be like six thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, and that's just be, the wheels. It'll <laughs> yeah. be the SD like pot, like Apple or something. It'll be a specific form factor. Thunderbolt iCard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that was that was it for a while. Like every single camera had it, a, its own type of card, and so yeah. The, what was the, the memory stick for Sony? Memory stick, yeah, Sony yeah. Magic Gate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is, is Magic Gate the same as memory stick? Yeah, they they uh, it originally was like Magic Gate was the name, and then they switched it to Memory Stick, uh, okay. or uh, the way around, because like one could be trademarked and one couldn't. I don't remember which was which. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there were a couple of different standards that were out there, and they they come and go as as these things do. SD cards actually have been pretty standard, and you know you see them in Raspis and uh, routers, they, all sorts of devices use them now. So if I buy one of these when they come out, my Raspberry Pi will be ten times faster. Not unless they release a Raspberry <laughs> with a full PCIe 4 bus, which, you know, right now, the, I think the memory card, uh, it, actually, Justin, you probably know better than me, isn't it on a USB 2 bus? I think so. Uh, maybe the 4s aren't, though. It might be USB 3. Yeah, even a USB 3, you're not going yeah. to get those kind of speeds. <laughs> but I do need to go ahead and start counterfeiting those. I'm going to make that money. <laughs> I guess this is important, though, for... You know, if you're recording 4K video or something, or, or you know, even as it moves on to 8K and stuff, you're you're going to need something that can handle this type of, of speed. Yeah, editing a video from an SD card today Ooh. is really not not realistic, right? You got to copy it to your computer and edit it that way. Yeah. But if you can get higher speeds like this, realistically, you could edit short videos right from the SD card. That'd be nice for saving space on your drive. Uh, all right. Well, let's head over now to our next article from VentureBeat.com. Microsoft debuts Windows Package Manager for your dev environment. Justin, is this, is this something you were excited about? Well, so uh, I think Don posted, but I was pretty excited. I, I enjoy package managers I, from a developer standpoint, where I can just go blah, 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 install, boom, and then as long as there's a version upstream, I'm good to go. I don't have to go and compile and figure out how to do linking and all this stuff. Now, that's kind of why I lean toward Linux for my dev environment, but I've also used Homebrew. I think you use Homebrew also, uh, uh, Don, right? 
Yeah, you know, I, I always get on the fence on this stuff. So Microsoft Build is going on right now, the, the virtual conference this year, and this package manager was one of the announcements to come out of it. Uh, you know, in the Linux world, if I need some software, you know, if I want to install Sublime Text or whatever, I can either find it in the native repositories or I can go and add repos and, and pull the software down quick and easy with a simple command. You don't have that in Windows and Mac, right? Uh, on a Mac, they want you to go into the App Store. So if you want to have a quick package manager on a Mac, you have to install Homebrew, right? You can go to brew.sh and install it. But Homebrew is actually run by one guy. And you don't really know if those packages are being updated, if they're safe and secure. You're putting a lot of trust in a person that is a relative unknown, right? On the Windows platform, it's even worse because they didn't have a, a big accepted one. The closest you had was Chocolatey. And Chocolatey was the same kind of problem. You were putting a lot of trust in a third party to sit in between you and the software you wanted to get. So if I wanted to install a Putty, I could go and get it directly from the Putty site, or I could trust whoever the maintainer of Chocolatey is to give me that package. So now Microsoft has an officially supported package manager called Winget, and, or some people are saying Winget, but it's it's Winget is uh, uh, probably a play on NuGet, right? They're, oh yeah, that was another one. Dependency manager for um, like Visual Studio packages or Windows-based programming environments or solutions. Yeah. So in this case, though, you know, I, I installed it on my uh, on my laptop, and I was able to do a Winget install Putty, and it installed just fine. Winget install Sublime Text installed just fine. Uh, you know, most of them had GUI installers that still popped up, so it didn't just like silently install the software. But uh, seems to work really well, and being supported by Microsoft, I feel a little more comfortable with it because you actually have a a corporate entity maintaining it, and they are open sourcing it, so it's uh, fully visible on GitHub, and that means that uh, hopefully people will be identifying any security weaknesses that it has. And so this is fully out now? This isn't like a beta or something? Uh, you have to download it. Uh, so it, it's not like a Windows feature you can activate. In a later version of Windows, it might become that. But right now, you, you go to the GitHub page and download the package. And what's interesting is at the very bottom of this article, uh, there's another a little <laughs> announcement here. Uh, Microsoft Power Toys, uh, which neither Justin or I had heard of until like two weeks ago. Daniel, had you heard of it before? Yeah, it came back from like uh, Windows 95 days or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. Down, but but it uh, they released I never messed with them. version <laughs> 0.18, which is a weird... Yeah. Well, that's because version 0.18 is the uh, age of consent for applications. Okay, all right. <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, yeah, so... Wait, so I'm it's been along you, for like, how long and they're on version... Stop saying how long. <laughs> hey... I, I held it together when Don said packages like a hundred times. <laughs> so you can, you yeah. can grow up. But we're not talking about power toys. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my goodness. It, I don't know. Okay, so, uh, they, yeah, they keep throwing down on this, don't yeah, they? Apparently they do. they do. I'm afraid to type that into a search engine. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm going to type Microsoft power toys, and then Nate's going to get an email that Justin's looking at something weird on the yeah. network. <laughs> what is this? Well, it's got an embedded version of Windows yeah. in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Power toys 18. Yeah. That's a weird that. cursor. I know, I'm not looking at anything. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, so what are power toys again? I keep asking. No one keep so it's a collection of utilities, and, and this one includes, you might remember from a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how, you know, on a Mac, you got the spot uh, uh, spotlight, you hit yeah. uh, command space, and you can quick search for apps. Uh, so they have that equivalent now inside of Windows, which is part of power toys version 18. And a keyboard remapper. Yeah, not Remapping quite sure who was asking for that. Remapping it to like different layouts? 
I don't know. It just says Power Toys Run and a keyboard remapper are two of the new utilities added. The former is an app for launcher utility. Da, 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 da. The latter lets you customize keyboard inputs uh, to key and shortcut to shortcut. Oh, that's, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I, I guess that would be one of those things where um, can could you not before do the Windows key to control so that like if you were switching between a Mac and a Windows. Oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Um, you didn't necessarily have to go, oh, wait a minute, is it control? I've also heard of people uh, mapping their caps locks to shift, to the left shift. Hmm. And they're like, ah, who uses caps that? locks? Yeah. Well, I wonder if you're, like, if you're running a virtual machine, too, and you're switching back and forth between Mac OS and... You know, Apple's, uh, Apple's boot camp software used to do that. that. They don't do it anymore, but it used to be an option where it would map that so you could do Command-C or, or Windows-Key-C. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, these power toys are really taking off. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, for the note, we'll be overrun with power toys. And we're going we're to keep an eye on power toys, I'll tell you yeah, what. They'll be falling from the sky. Continue to do some research. Uh, I don't know if this next one is from Build as well, but uh, this is from techcommunity.microsoft.com. That's Microsoft's uh, Microsoft 365 blog. Announcing Microsoft Lists, your smart information tracking app in Windows 365. Whenever Microsoft says something smart, I don't know, like Cortana, eh, the, uh, <laughs> the way it suggests uh, documents that we want to see within meeting invites has never worked the, for is the this just, team. Didn't they purchase Wonderlist or something like that? They did, they, yeah. That, yeah. that uh, got rolled into their to-do app. They just shut that down. May 6th, I think, was the last day Wonderlist is, is now dead. But but is this now like a reincarnation of like parts of that? So this isn't, and I've got a bit of a confession to make here, guys. So I'm the one who posted this article. This was a big deal. Microsoft made a big deal out of this at Build as one of the, the larger launch things. Uh, so it's, it's called Microsoft Lists. It is not replacing to-do, which is what Wonderlist went into. It's not replacing the card-based list that you already have in Teams. It's not replacing the SharePoint list that you can build. This is an all-new kind of list. And I will tell you guys, do, Don? <laughs> I have read this article from top to bottom three okay. times, and I still Thank don't you. understand what this I, I thing I watched the adds. video. I watched the video. I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, I'm just missing something here. I'll watch the video and that'll the visuals will explain it. And I was more confused. I was like, what the hell does this thing that's do? That's how that's how groundbreaking it is. <laughs> These new types of lists are gonna blow your face you off. You can't even wrap your mind around yeah. how awesome. You're gonna it is. see this list and you're gonna spray yourself with monkey mace. Wow, okay, help yourself. Now you guys know how I feel reading every article that is posted. <laughs> so let's let's just take a, a quick vote here. There's four of us here, and we're all you know, fairly techie people, and I know Peter. We tease you about being in marketing, but you deal with tech stuff all the time. Um, raise your hand. Well, I guess we should. Well, for people who are listening, ah, whatever. Raise your hand. Scream like a you, maced monkey. If you understand, <laughs> <laughs> if you understand what this product does, because I just don't. It doesn't make any damn sense. No. No. So I have trouble navigating all the current solutions for making lists and keeping track of lists in Microsoft, which you highlighted several because there's Project, which is. You can set up oh, Kanban totally boards, which you can have lists inside of lists, and then those can have lists in them. What about planner? And then, yeah. It's like planner. <laughs> I, I heard your, your list like lists. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to do, which you can make your own personal list, but then you can also do those inside of, I don't know. You understand I just keep everything I need to do in a text file, right? Like, <laughs> I, I use Vim and, a, and Markdown. My favorite was the part where it says, uh, oh, you can do this directly from within Teams. And I'm like, well, I can already do it directly in <laughs> right. Teams. You can make lists in Teams. What the hell does this thing do? 
<laughs> so, so this is a big deal for you listeners out there. Microsoft is very proud of this accomplishment of launching a product that, uh, frankly, I'm I'm not really sure what it does. <laughs> this is going to be another one of those things where we give it all kinds of hell, and then it's going like, to yeah, change, change the world. It's yeah. going to change how like the global economics behaves. <laughs> the gonna... iPad. Who wants a computer that doesn't have a keyboard? Uh -huh. Well, I know. keep this episode in the archive yeah, and yeah, refer yeah. back to it in the future because I think this is like. Uh, you know, Google did this where they launched Google Duo and then Allo and uh, Meets. They had like five different messaging apps at one point. Oh. That's how Microsoft is with lists. Not M-E-A-T-S. Does anyone know what Google Wave did? What the hell are you talking about? So Google Wave was supposed to be what Slack became. And the problem with Google Wave, it wasn't that it didn't work. It was that they did this limited release beta thing. And so, like, if you got a beta invite, I, I got a beta invite early and got in there, but no one that I worked with had a beta invite. So you, you just really do it. you gave me a communication platform, but didn't let me communicate to anybody. And someone was like, "I already got email, so what do I need this yeah. for?" Yeah, yeah. Remember here, and yeah, yeah. Wave's gonna be the big thing, and then I'm like, "What, what do you, what do you do?" <laughs> it was supposed to replace email, much like we use Teams and Slack now. That instead oh, of emailing that somebody, I'll shoot them that. All right. Uh, next over at SlashGear.com, uh, more Microsoft news. Microsoft says, massive PC hacking campaign used COVID-19 and Excel files. So uh, another thing just preying on uh, on people fear. during a pandemic and, and fear. So uh, Excel files. So what, did this have something to do with macros again? I'm always yeah, so scared it, about macros. It does, although I was surprised to see that they're Excel 4.0 macros, which... Is pretty ancient. Yeah, what, I mean, <laughs> didn't the article say that it's literally hundreds of infections or something? <laughs> Tens of infections. Uh, I thought it had crossed a hundred thousand. Oh, I thought it was about five G. Yeah, I think yeah. it's crossed a hundred thousand at this point. Okay, but uh, basically, it's an email that's saying, uh, you know, it's from a nonprofit, uh, the USA Humanitarian Squad, and they're saying that they're offering free COVID nineteen testing for everybody, just and all you spit on your monitor and just. Yeah. Right. All you have to do is fill out this little form in a spreadsheet and send it back, and they'll send you a free testing kit. And, uh, you know, right now, people are worried, people are scared, and they fall victim to these a little more easily than normal. It has all the the markings of a fake email. You know, there's bad grammar in there and stuff like that. You know, you should be able to spot it. But, you know, the, the most endangered group with COVID-19 are the elderly, and those are typically the less technically savvy. So they, they fall for this pretty heavily because yeah, they use broken english too a lot R real quick <laughs> can can anybody tell me a legitimate organization that has the word squad in it suicide squad it's a movie <laughs> <laughs> that's all you got how about the component that makes up every platoon in the u.s army squad oh mm -hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> yeah. Are those? Uh, That's about as legit as you got to be for them. Too, I'm, I'm asking because I'm police like, squad. Oh, wasn't wasn't that a police squad? That was a TV show, right? Yeah. But when it, if I ever see an email from someone that says squad, I would go. He's like, I don't trust you already. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because am I getting a bunch of emails from military components or Taylor Swift fan club? <laughs> Taylor Swift's play. Band. Are they called a squad? I don't know. It, it, when, oh, squad goals. Who's Taylor I think Swift? All right, because isn't that why they call the the four um, the Horsemen? four female congresswomen? Um, I guess if they're congresswomen, they'd be female. Um, uh, shoot, I can't remember all the names now. AOC uh, and um, like Omar. Yeah, and, yeah. 
Yeah. I can't remember them all. But yeah. Call them the squad. They do. There's they the do. other one. <laughs> the yeah. tall one. And the, yeah, the are, tall these one. Are, the, these the are teeth. all things that I would be suspect if I received an email from any of these things. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are four women in Congress? Like, I just received an email from four women in Congress. I just received an right, email yeah. from a movie that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that, that tracks. All right, that's yeah. legit. <laughs> so anyway, just uh, be extra careful. Don't open things, From and no one's ever. giving you anything for free. Yeah, you know, I stay secure just by not using well, any electronic communications. Yeah, I'm we'll have wave. to walk that. No one gives you anything for free thing because uh, most cities and counties do actually have free COVID nineteen testing at this point. So um, just ignore the email and contact your local it, government yeah. directly. Yeah. But it's not, it's not free. They get off on sticking that thing way up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I was like, I think you got tested wrong, but you you, you recovered there at the end. <laughs> I didn't say what. Never mind. Yeah, you're like sticking that thing way up. Wait, they used a swab for you? <laughs> uh, but here's where they get you, Don. While you're getting tested, they check out your odometer, backlog your oh, IV. Yeah, you're like look back, take your head back. We're, yeah. We're, yeah. Oh, that that's why they have the drive up testing yeah. so they can see exactly. your odometer. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, yeah. And then if worse comes to worse, they just pull you at gunpoint. And you drive, yeah. Car. You and drive right the, through a 5G, too. They yeah. pick the location. It's probably near a 5G antenna. Yeah, yeah. and you get syphilis when you drive by. Wow, we're going to yeah. walk back that whole segment. Yeah. 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 Oops. Yeah, we're, we're going to save this episode for a couple of reasons. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that dude was right. Look how dumb these guys are. No, not about the power tools thing. What were you mad about? No. Uh, Power toys. Yeah, it was power toys. Okay. You said power tools. Yeah, I did. Because that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, those are legitimate. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I have those. I have those. All right. Our next article is from bleepingcomputer.com. eBay port scans visitors' computers for remote access programs. So when you visit eBay.com now, they're actually running a script and, and checking you out? So if you are on a Windows machine and you go to the eBay website, there is a JavaScript routine that runs in the in, in your browser that actually performs a local port scan to test if, uh, I forget how many, uh, 14. 14 different ports are open on your system. Uh, and this is all done in the background, so as a user, you don't even experience it. Uh, apparently, it does not happen on a Mac or on a Linux machine, so it's limited just to Windows. And it is a little bit of a uh, deviation kind of from what we've seen in other websites that... You go to the site, and it runs a port scan. I, I don't think that's really been seen before. So what are they scanning for? It's mostly remote administration tools. So they check things like port 3389, which is what uh, Windows Remote Desktop Protocol runs on. They do port 5900, which is VNC, and a handful of others that are tied to TeamViewer and things. And the theory is that they're checking to see if a machine has been hacked into. If an attacker has remote control to it, they might be doing purchases and things through it that are fraudulent. So when you go to the eBay website, they're checking to see if that's open. But, like, I have VNC on my computer at home, and I'll go to eBay, so it doesn't... Yeah, it's not, me. like, blocking you. Yeah, that was you... that was what I was wondering. Is, are they alerting to people at all if they do find the port to be open, saying, hey, you might have some sort of malicious activity going on here? I mean, great, they're port scanning. Everybody's getting port scanned right now. Yeah, maybe it's just part of a... Of due diligence, so they can go back and say, you know, hey, we we've tracked these or found patterns, or you know, maybe they're building up uh, uh, some uh, something they can, you know, reference AI against. Oh, look, uh, uh, it's Jack Rysider, uh who brought this to their attention originally. Yeah, 
Our, yeah, so our uh, eBay did finally come back out and, and make a statement, and uh, basically they said they're they're just looking for machines that may have been compromised, and you know this is a quick test they use to. I guess kind of like gauge the reputation of the computer that's connecting. So they've had tons and tons of fraudulent activity going on on eBay, and this is one thing they're doing to stop it. Uh, one of the security researchers, a gentleman named Dan Nemec, had uh, dug into it a little bit, and he believes it's tied to a product from LexisNexis called Threat Metrics, and it's a way of evaluating a machine to see whether or not it is compromised. So they're probably just trying to stop transactions from fraudulent machines before they occur, which is, is interesting. But it does create a little bit of a debate. Like, when you go to a website, it may be stashed away in their terms of use or whatever, but should they be allowed to port scan your machine? Should they be allowed to scan the files on your hard drive and things like that? You know, what, What's the level of access you should be granting a website? Well, I'm wondering, though, maybe, uh, you know, because like you said, Don, you've done this before and it, and it doesn't block you. So maybe they're just they know that you're compromised then and they're going to feed you higher priced items. So, you know, you're going to buy anyway at that point. So why not when I get the big you know, bucks? That used to happen. Uh, it was several websites. I think Amazon even did it where if you were on a Apple device, you would get higher prices than if you were on an Android device because they found that Apple users were more willing to spend more money. And at one point, you could not make purchases through Apple device except through... Um, oh, in the apps. Except, yeah. So you couldn't use the app. You actually had to use the Safari yeah. browser. So uh, this kind of reminds me of... Um, I was using Ticketmaster. This horrible, horrible website. But um, <laughs> I had it open. Sponsored by Ticketmaster. <laughs> what were you buying <laughs> tickets to? You're not supposed to go places. Ticketmaster. Uh, uh, you need to buy people. tickets to a bunch of monkeys getting maced. Um, <laughs> So I opened up another website and immediately Ticketmaster, like, banned me. They were like, you're a bot. I was like, no, I'm not. They are like, yeah, you are. You were comparing prices. So it always made me wonder, like, what were they doing? <laughs> Comparison shopping. You yeah. must be a robot. So, so their argument was people will have, like, bots crawl and do a bunch of price comparisons and then do, like, rapid purchases for low price things and try to resell. I was like... I was on the same page for 40 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. I was going, oh, what uh, bot are you looking at? Uh, is that a four or a seven? Oh, I got banned. Oh, this happens in real life, too. I, I had my my phone out at Walmart. I was on Amazon looking up the price of a product that was there, and, and the Walmart employee just slapped the phone right out of my hand. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, Best Buy got sued over that, where... Uh, Slapping phones out of people's hands? No. Uh, if <laughs> like you a Wi-Fi blocker? Or a... If you were trying to price match, right, uh, you would have to pull up a web page to show a price, and when you were on their Wi-Fi, they would feed you modified copies of Walmart's oh, web page nice. and Target's web page, so it had static pricing. And they said they were doing it because they wanted to eliminate sale prices, but the judge said, no, that's pretty fraudulent. <laughs> now, the part I was curious about this is that most web browsers, most modern web browsers, sandbox the web pages, right? So that one web page can't access the content of another web page. So how is it that we can sandbox a web page, but it's still able to port scan the machine? Like, seems like that would be a pretty big escape. So I think Fetch, like the, the HTTP parts, they can... You get some cross-origin capabilities as long as it's going back to localhost. Or um, so I'm wondering if it looked like they were using something like that from the article. Yeah, because all the screenshots had like localhost. Yeah, one twenty-seven oh one, and then the port. So I'm wondering if maybe their port scan, they're just firing off a bunch of web requests to your local host. Actually, we can go back to my desk here shortly and try it. Oh, um, we will. Yeah, <laughs> we will. Yeah. We got a lot of things to do. We got a commercial to shoot. 
<laughs> got some porch scanning to see if we can do it. Mm -hmm. um, Busy afternoon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We'll have to turn off our transparent web proxy that's on your machine. That way, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that way, I could finally look up power toys. <laughs> if, I'm, uh, if I'm shaking my head like I know what that meant. Uh, yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, hey, want to let you know about something coming up. Uh, we've got a webinar that is, is a career in IT right for you? Ten qualities of successful IT pro, and that is with Don. Uh, that'll be next Thursday, June 4th, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Don, have you, have you prepared that one yet? Do you know what you're going to talk about? Uh, so I have ten points, ten. Uh, and I've looked over them and formulated things in my head. I haven't gotten my... Uh, Graphics ready yet? I have to work on that. Don, is this just going to be based off people you've worked with that you went? Why do you do this for yeah. a living? <laughs> IT is not right for that yeah. person. Yeah. Is it IT? Yeah, is a right. career right for you? Yeah. I'm going to show you ten people who it's not. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, I they think I'm hosting that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm featured too. Don yeah. asked me to come by and yeah. save. So I'll be doing that. Uh, if you head over to itpro.tv slash webinars, you can sign up for that one. Also see all of the past on-demand webinars. The one we just did, Succeeding with the New Cisco Certifications. That was awesome. We had like tons and tons of questions, went to overtime, and uh, and <clears throat> spent another 20 minutes afterwards answering questions. So uh, definitely check that one out. That actually was just posted up today where you can go and see the archive itpro.tv slash webinars and then head over to go.itpro.tv slash technado you can get a 30 percent off coupon code there for the lifetime of your personal account uh, you can also get a seven day free trial you can uh, request a demo for your team uh, see the pro portal and all the cool things that are available for teams that's over at go.itpro.tv slash technado all right well thank you to uh, megan for joining us today and and um, thank you guys for Oh, that's fun, uh, especially the um, conspiracy theory segment. I, I enjoyed that, and I hope we can do that again. Yep, but now we got to wrap it up because Daniel says we need to watch this Benny Hinn, Dark Lord of the Sith video. When yeah. monkeys attack, well, and video, they will. There's another video we're supposed to watch, too, that you said, Dom. I say a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you said made Daniel suggest that video, so we'll, no, we'll go I check said, that out. I said oh, the, I was, yeah. Yeah, the COVID-19 Kenneth Copeland like a remix. Over right. It's yeah. a remix. Yeah, so check those out. I'm sure those will be suggested videos now uh, after this on YouTube because, you know, that's how YouTube scans this and takes our words and... Matches it to our odometer. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Gives you syphilis. 5G. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I got to go get a Z-Pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That should take care of it. You All know right. that's just frozen gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Taste horrible. All right, thanks everybody for joining us, and we'll see you next week right here on Technado with Tom Bazette.